comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. Foot race the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand. With me today is a man who can't keep a job in FIFA. <laughs> it is FIFA career mode. It's Logan Stump. I really can't. Like that game, it, there, there's a there's a lot wrong with career mode, and I know they focus on like the future packs or whatever they call those things where they where they draw cards and they play with your ultimate team and stuff. But if FIFA would just focus on career mode for the millennial uh, soul out there that just wants to build a team from the bottom up, um, I just get kind of like in these weird moments where I just get stuck with these teams at like 67 rating for my manager rating. And it's like, you just need to sign two players. I'm like, I would if I had money. <laughs> yeah. So it's a shame. But yeah, I'm fired again. So now I'm just going to go coach City. <laughs> Hey, you know, you might actually get fired there too yeah. if you don't bring back a Champions League. I actually just lost to Chelsea three to one, so that's lovely. <laughs> Makes me so happy. No. All right, we are <laughs> we are here to talk some uh, talk some soccer, some Major League Soccer, and we're also going to talk some U.S. Men's in the Gold Cup. So that should be that should be fun, huh? I was waiting for the fireworks to kind of come up on my screen when you said it, but it didn't work. No, I'm not Google. No. Darn. <laughs> but yeah, we have some games that just happened this weekend, and then we have games that are happening uh, on the 4th and the 5th, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got a lot of stuff going on here, so uh, let's kind of get into it. We're going to have a special guest later which i guess we can say because it's probably in the title of the episode you're watching yeah we're in the guys from the no other pod uh kansas city uh sporting kansas city we've had them on for our preview of sporting kansas city and uh they're going to be coming back on uh but first we're gonna we're gonna talk everything else before we jump over and welcome them into the show but it's good good to have them back right i mean they're uh they're a lot of fun last time they read out their bidet sponsorship on our show yeah still waiting for the check to come in you know what jimmy yeah jimmy and dan we're still waiting for our cut um our podcast is only made about four dollars so um <laughs> uh we are not sponsored but if pre-tax 
I'm trying to th- well, like whenever you know these podcasts get like their staples. So we just had Greg on, and they have I think it's a Jersey sponsor that they have. Um, yeah, we kind of let everybody just read their sponsors, right? On ours, so that way uh, it gets it out there, uh, and we we don't mind it at all. Like you yeah, can do it. Like it shows we're yes. we're down for sponsors. Yes, we're. So uh, I'm trying to think, Jordan. Like if we had like a weird sponsorship, like you and I, I don't know. Like I guess like the weird the one off would be like some kind of like I don't know like a Star Wars or Disney clothing or something like that or um wouldn't it be a Slago bagel <laughs> I think it would Einstein bagels I'm going to tweet at them today and see if uh, Einstein if we if we get certain amount of listens how much of a promo could you give us for like a coupon for Einstein bagel or something like They'll that be like, here's five cents off for your <laughs> listeners please stop commenting and tagging <laughs> we don't know what a slagle is we don't know what his bagels are is, a, is there a clean sheet is that what you're referring to we're not we're not down for that yeah probably something like that they're like we're atlanta united fans leave us alone <laughs> yeah probably yeah it'd be funny if they were owned by like arthur Blair. <laughs> right yeah uh, but let's get into it then. Uh, do we want to start with Gold Cup or do we want to start with MLS? I always feel like it's more fun to start with MLS. Um, and then it kind of transi- transitions nicely into our guests. And then we can do um, then we can do okay, on the back half. Yeah. All right. So we'll, uh, you heard them. We're going to start with MLS here. We had uh, a lot of games on Saturday the uh, 31st, we had San Jose beating Seattle at Lumen Field with an Espinoza goal and the 45th plus one for San Jose. Seattle on a tough run of form. To be honest, though, they made it as far as they can, haven't they, with all their injuries mm-hmm. and and uh, players out? It feels like this was inevitable at some point. Yeah, it, it, it was kind of looming um, and, and not looming, but looming um, at Lumen Field. Um so yeah, I, you know, I, it's tough because again, August is like that that summer stretch where it's just really tough to win games. Um, you got a lot of guys coming back from international competitions. You've got transfer window. You've got people coming in, locker rooms settling again, uh, coaches being fired and hired. Uh, there's a lot of movement at this time of year. Um, it's not until about September October when you start to see some of these teams start to get back into the flow of things and really turn on the Jets. Um, you will see some people make up some ground here. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, You'll see a lot of the top teams start to kind of come back down to earth. I know the Revs kind of lost some uh, some of their footing uh, a little bit uh, early on in the season, um, and then they caught up to I don't even know who, who was at the top of the. I guess it was Orlando, Philly, and uh, yeah. But it, like you got teams that go through these stretches where they just catch up and make ground. I know Columbus was making some ground. Like NYCFC is. There you go. Right. So yeah, I think this is like a weird time of year. Um, the Revs are like now I think everybody's favorite for supporter shield. Um, and they're, you know, they, they had a couple meetings with Bruce today, which we'll get into when we get to the Rebs. But um, like you said, I think Seattle's just kind of going through this rough time where Roldan's missing and half their team is also missing uh, due to injury. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, if we're going to segue over to the Rebs, uh, they also played on the 31st. They, uh, they showed the grit, didn't they? They came back from, one nil down to make it one one in the 60th minute. Then New York takes the lead again in the 63rd minute, and then New England scores in the 84th and 90 plus one, and win the game three two at Red Bull Arena. 
See, this is where I was going. I thought the Revs had lost because I was tweeting that game and then I had stepped away for a little bit because I was doing something else. And then I came back and it was like really late in the game and the Reds, the Revs came back and completely wiped out uh, Red Bull. So, yeah, I, you know, New England again, grabbing three crucial points. Uh, they kind of needed it when New York City FC plays, is playing like they are and then Orlando grabbed some points. Um, they did see the Union kind of step backwards a little bit, but um, – yeah, the, the Revs kind of look like that better team and, and the team that we can expect to do some special things this year. Uh, Cincinnati and D.C. ended up at a nil-nil draw. Two red cards for D.C. They faced they had one in the 52nd, one in the 90-plus two. So they go that whole, uh, almost the whole second half with, uh, with a man down and then, you know, just at the end of the game, get another man down. But uh, Cincinnati had most of the possessions. They had more shots. Uh, they both had three shots on goal. But it ends up being uh, a nil-nil draw. So Cincinnati, that was at TQL Stadium, or West End Stadium, as we like to call it here. Uh, good performance from D.C. on the road, right? I mean, you get two red cards and still hold on for the draw after only having 30-some percent possession. Feels That's pretty good. Yeah, collect points when you can. Uh, you're going to need them at the end of the year. And they're uh, they're they're the cusp team. I think uh, you and I have been talking about who the cusp teams are. Uh, I think it goes one through nine in the East. So you know, DC, Red Bulls, and Montreal, I think are going to be vying for that last playoff spot. So this is a good this is a good point, a good challenge for them. Uh, they got a tough schedule coming up. I know um, they play Columbus next, who's the team uh, that they need to chase down for that playoff spot. Maybe um, Columbus being in sixth. Um, yeah, they're only three points apart. Yeah, and so DC's got to have a good stretch of games because they play Montreal. Um, that's at home though, and then they go against Nashville at Nashville. Then the Revs on the road, and then yeah, they got yeah, they got to travel and play Atlanta, who hasn't played well, but then bounce right back against Philly. So a really really tough, brutal August uh, for a DC team that again they, they've surprised us. So I'm not going to speak as if we think that they're going to be kind of falling off the table here. I think this might be the time where they prove that they are, you know, serious about getting into that seventh or sixth spot. Definitely. Uh, yeah, it should be DC. You know, that's just a lot of grit there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure they want to be playing a little better, but they're one point behind the playoff spot right now with Montreal. They have now a three Players. point advantage over Red Bulls. Uh, you know, we're really starting to get into that gap. If Red Bulls, you know, they blew a lead twice against uh, the revolution or else they could have picked up some points and, been even with dc united so kind of like where this you know if if they can make it through this tough stretch which they started off the season i think on a pretty tough stretch if i remember Mm -hmm. right and they did okay so you know it is what it is but this will be a game in columbus tomorrow on august 4th uh, or today whatever day you're listening to this but uh wednesday august 4th they play columbus at 7 30 in columbus and uh, could be a tough result, but they just grinded one out in the other side of Ohio and, and did pretty well there. So we'll see. Uh, we did have Miami upset Montreal two uh, one with uh, Higuain scoring two goals uh, after his uh, cigarette break. There he gets a goal in the 49th minute and a penalty kick, and he scores again in the 69th minute. Nice. And uh, Torres <laughs> Torres on Montreal had. The, the lead at 20 minutes in and they uh they end up giving it up here um stat wise montreal had more possession miami only edged it by one shot mm-hmm. to montreal but they had two more shots on goal 
uh, with two of them going in. So Miami may be turning it around. They're only now one point behind Chicago, two points behind Atlanta, Cincinnati, and Toronto. So if they win another game and these teams lose, they can actually jump all the way back up to 10th mm-hmm. for a team that we've been saying has been really bad. It's no longer the wild, wild west. It's the wild, wild east. Uh, dude, Iled we skipped the, the Friday games. The Isled, Isled East. We, we talked about Friday on the Saturday show. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Logan wasn't even paying attention, apparently. <laughs> I'd forgotten. I, this you know, is I'd... why you get fired. This is <laughs> they don't know what they're. They're like you didn't even show up to the Friday game, okay. Coach. First of all, it's been a long week. Okay, I've I've had the 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 inevitable school returning, work returning. It's just kind of messed with my brain. So that's right. We did talk about Friday on Saturday show. Made an effort to, so we wouldn't have to do it today. But well, yeah, you just want to redo it. That's fine. We can redo it. No, I'm good. <laughs> uh, Houston drew with Salt Lake on Saturday. Uh, Justin Glad gets a red card in the 87th minute, but that finishes nil-nil. Uh, Houston had 15 shots to Salt Lake's 11. They both had four shots on goal. Salt Lake had more possession. Not much to really go over in this game. We had a few of those this weekend. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, the only RSL news we had was uh, Ochoa, <laughs> and that's had nothing to do. Yeah, with we just talked game. about that on stoppage yeah. time. Let's talk about it here, I guess, real quick yeah. while we're on Salt Lake. Ochoa has uh, submitted his one-time switch to FIFA. He's going to be uh, a Mexican player going forward. Uh, look, if that's what he wanted to do, that's what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You can't like we. I've seen tweets going out saying you can't say. Burholter ignored him or anything. He he played up a level for the Olympic qualifying. He did struggle there in one of the games. Mm. He gets called into the to the gold cup, uh, not the gold cup, the uh, Nations League, and got some looks there. He didn't play, and then you know Mexico invites him to the uh, gold cup like uh, practices before they submit the final squad. He didn't make the final squad, but he trained with them. It is what it is. Yeah, we're stacked a keeper. I mean, we'll get into this when we get further into the show, but I kind of expected this, um, especially when they started, when he tweeted out a a photo of him in Mexico. He's log jammed both places. Um, I think he's a really good competitor. I'm just not sure that he's, He's definitely not one I don't think that competes very well on the on the world stage. I think when we get into the future, um, and I'm hoping that doesn't come back to bite me in 2026 when he's saving goals and stuff and doesn't allow us to win the World Cup or something. But um, yeah, I don't. You know, it's it's tough to kind of sit back as a U.S. fan because you want all the talent, but you can't have all the talent. And we've got three really good keepers, um, maybe four eventually if uh, Marshinkowski starts to play well. So. You know, well, the, Doyle, the Doyle made a really good point, too. You know, if this was Jurgen Klinsmann back in the day or any of mm-hmm. our other coaches, we would have cap-tied Ochoa at some point. Mm-hmm. And, or we would have guaranteed him playing time like Mexico did for um, – I'm, I'm blanking on who it is. Uh, but uh, a few years ago, we just lost a, a Mexican-American to Mexico because they promised him he'd be playing – 
I think they gave him a spot in the last gold cup or, you know, whatever. And then he non-existent after yeah. the cap tied him after the cap tied him, they're done with them. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad we're not doing that. You know, Greg is giving them chances. He's letting them, Hey, if you want to go explore how it is in Mexico, go ahead. You know, Hey, yeah. I called you up to Olympic qualifying. We called you up for the nation's league. We gave you some chances. We showed you that we were going to have you playing at some point, mm-hmm. but if that's not for you, then your heart's not in it. Yeah. They had a rough go at world cup or at, um, Mm-hmm. The qualifying for the Olympics. Really uh, good first game, and then after mm-hmm. that, he kind of struggled. Yeah, and I'm not going to go as far as to blame him for the loss. No, but he was a big part of it. Yes, um, I, I'm not going to say that it was just him. It was a matter of we couldn't score or figure out anything in the attack, and it was just so happens that his mistake led to one of the goals. But again, it it's tough sledding for him, and it, and he was not going to pass Zach Steffen or Ethan Horvath or Matt Turner, maybe Marchinkowski at this point right. was ranked higher at him. So. That's four guys right in the way, and I think JT's actually on his way to becoming a better goalkeeper. So, you know, I think it it's tough for David. It, it really is. And, and with all this stuff with him kicking the ball in the stands and, and just the run-ins he's had with Adrian Heath, it's been a really tough year for him. Yeah. Um, let, let's talk uh, Kansas City-Dallas. We'll get more in-depth with this game and how it's shaping up for Kansas City. Mm-hmm. We bring on no other pod. But you got Paxton Pomichol, who had a really good game this weekend. He scored three minutes in for Dallas. Uh, Ferreira scores 51 minutes in for Dallas. And it's funny, there, there's nothing in between minute three and 51. Like, there's no <laughs> yeah. yellow cards. Death. There's no there's no uh, subs. It's literally three to 51 on the stats here. And then you have some subs coming in and stuff. But then Johnny Russell scoring in the 85th minute to pull one back. And they just uh, couldn't get you know enough going to equalize here and that game was at Kansas City so a pretty big uh, upset for Dallas who's been struggling this season but every so often it seems has these uh has these wins and Kansas City had 20 shots compared to Dallas's 12 uh but they had only four shots on goal to Dallas's five so they were getting lots of shots and lots of chances but just nothing that was concrete yeah just uh, just one thing on Dallas cuz we'll speak more about uh SKC um Paxton yeah. Uh, which is uh, he's really important to watch for the U.S. because it, uh, he's a guy that many touted as being a really special player, but he kind of fizzled out because of injury. Um, the biggest thing of note to me on uh, July 18th against Portland, he started making these starts, uh, played 82 minutes. He then played against the Rapids, 56 minutes. He then played against the Galaxy, 85 minutes, and then um, against Sporting Kansas City, 77 minutes with a goal. Um, he already has one assist from earlier in the season, but he had been only getting about 13 to 20 minutes um, roughly in, in the matches before that. And I think with Tessman gone and with more of a focus on an attacking midfield, I think Paxton could really make some interesting noise uh, with Dallas. Um, and heck, you know, it, Dallas is only going to look for him to play really well so they can kind of pawn him off. But if Paxton can play really well, I mean, it, it's huge for him because it, it's a guy um, and he's only 21. He's a U.S. Uh, international player uh, who I think many would have interest in, and I think that Greg would easily have interest in him come you know, 2026. I don't think he's got a chance in hell uh, in 2022 or world qualifying, obviously, because he hasn't been in those squads. But I do think in 2026, um, this could be big for Paxton. And, and even if he played well this year and you can kind of tag him along and he maybe gets a, a, an appearance here or there in a qualifying roster um, – you know, that could be interesting for Paxton to see how that works out for him because it's just been a guy that's been in turmoil. 
All right, we had uh, Q2 Stadium, Austin, home stadium, going up against Colorado. Shinoshiki scoring 29 minutes in here, and that's all she wrote. Austin, I think they said it's their fifth game of not scoring at Q2 Stadium. They had more possession with 57%. Mm -hmm. They had less shots, though, 11 to 16 shots to Colorado. Colorado had six shots on goal to Austin's two. Just not good enough from Austin. Now, they did make some sightings that are going to be coming in here. And I know a lot of people over at our friends at uh, We Are Austin TV and Top Flight Pod who have been kind of split, it seems like, on the show there. Wolf in, wolf out. Mexico um, and America. Like, they're very... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're conflicted so it, right now. They're very help. conflicted right now. Um, but, I, again, it's the expansion season. You give Wolf the whole season. You're not, you're not yeah. cutting that short. Yeah. And that's Precourt's guy. Like that, it just seems like Precourt's a very proud person. It doesn't seem like somebody he's just going to give up on real quick. And, and you're like you said, Jordan, expansion first year, that shouldn't be a year where you do a ton of things. That's basically this a is, shell of a team. Yeah, this is not a promotion relegation no. thing. Like you can build this almost like you do, you know, Major League Baseball team mm-hmm. where you, you, you know, you let Wolf get some more of his guys in there. You let some of these. I don't know what their youth setup looks like, but if you have anything set up there, you let maybe some of that come in. But at some point, it's going to be result-based. Um, but first season, and he, and you're still signing players, and he hasn't had a chance to do anything mm-hmm. with those players yet, I feel like that'd be really rough to cut him. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's in any danger. I don't think uh, so either. By the way, I think the, they'll just ignore fan pressure, I think. Vancouver, Minnesota. This was a fun game. Um, 36 minutes in, Dahomey scores for Vancouver. Then Ethan Finley equalizes in the 45th. Then Robin Laud gives them a lead, Minnesota the lead in the 75th minute. But then Dahomey scores a penalty kick in the 90 plus four minute. Uh, kind of a bad call. A re- bad call. But. <laughs> You know, it is what it is, I guess, at that point. And Vancouver equalizes. And, uh, you know, they've been struggling this season as well. But they're in 12th place now. They're two points above Austin, thanks to that point that they got there. Uh, Minnesota is kind of right now safely above the playoff line. They're at 23 points, which is even with LAFC. And uh, they're four points above Portland right now. So I think they're pretty safe. As it stands currently, do you do you feel like so? Look at the eight through thirteen spots. I just feel like Portland's destined to try to make a run at the playoffs, and they might be the only ones. I just, I, I think I, Portland can do it. I, yeah. I don't. I think anybody below Portland right now is is not up to. Yeah. I, mean, I know only. I know Houston's only a point below, them, mm-hmm. and I know Dallas and San Jose are only two points below Portland. But I think if there's any team that has the the talent in the roster, it's it's Portland. Yeah, and RSL and Portland seven and eight, RSL seven, Portland eight, both have a game in hand. Uh, and if they both win those, which Portland very well could, it's against San Jose. Salt Lake will struggle because it's against Galaxy. Um, you know, but Galaxy's kind of shed off some points here lately. Um, I think that both those teams have winnable games if they win those you're going to probably start to see Houston kind of get into this weird spot. Cause I, like you said, I don't think, I think Houston again, one through nine uh, is the cutoff uh, right now. And, and Houston's hanging on by a thread. 
Philadelphia Union took on Chicago at Subaru Park. Uh, this was not a fun game. Uh, Chicago <laughs> scores 10 minutes game. in, Frankowski scores. Uh, in the 34th minute, really bad call, I think, uh, on Almsberg here. They give him a red. They defend it by saying his knee collides with the calf of uh, Corey Burke, I think mm-hmm. it was. Uh mm-hmm. And I, he was already kind of going down before that. I don't think it's enough to call it a red card. I don't even think it was enough to call it a foul. And then, uh, which means then you wouldn't have to give a card because the only reason he gets a red card is because they said he was the last man. So mm-hmm. if they wouldn't have called a foul there, which they initially did not, then it would have been fine. Um, but you know, then Kai Wagner scores on the on the free kick that ensues from it, and he goes under the wall when they have former Philadelphia Union Fabian Herbers underneath of the wall, and he moves his head up. I don't blame him, honestly, because could you imagine taking Crash that rocket rock to the back no. of the head or whatever? That would hurt. I love fans that go, why didn't he stand in that way? I'm like, because you saw what happened to Eric Williamson in the game against the Gold <laughs> Cup, out took the kid out of the. He didn't even know where he was half the first half. So yeah. So all right. Was, so um, Jordan, I got a question. Uh, with Miro impending leaving, like, yeah, we got to talk about that. Um, talk about that in a sense of like on a scale of one to ten, what's the panic meter at for Philadelphia right now? Okay. My panic meter is a lot lower than Philadelphia's panic meter. I will say Philadelphia fans uh, on Twitter, their panic meter is at like uh, 11 out of, out of a five scale. Okay. Mm-hmm. They are, uh, I saw a guy who's already declined his season tickets for next oh, year because of mediocrity. He said they're in fifth place. All right. They can, yes, they might slip out of the playoffs or they could make a run. They've had a really rough stretch of the last few games here where they mm-hmm. haven't won in like five, I think, right? Yeah. Uh, they, they've had a little bit of a tough tough go here. No, they won one. They won uh, against – who's that against? They beat uh, D.C. United. But one was out of the last, last – was, was, Oh, okay. One out of yeah. the last five. That's what the last stat five. I heard was. Yeah. Okay. But um, they also got Champions League coming up. So They got Champions League. They're going to get killed. <laughs> they are going to get killed. This team does not look right. Okay, so while I'm not panicked, this team doesn't look right. Oh, uh, the the panic I have right now is that Montero's going to leave. What do we do? Well, Gazdag can, yeah. can fit in there, so uh, I'm not too worried about that. But Gazdag needs to actually start showing a little bit more. Yeah, here. He he left the pitch early too, didn't he? Like he came off. Oh, for, I forget. I forget who it was that came on for him, but I think he left early because people are like, "Oh my God, is he hurt?" Um, now they play. They play. I think Quinn Sullivan came on, maybe. Yeah, he did. Uh, so they they play uh, Toronto next. Mm-hmm. Um, which can go either way. Yeah, can go either way. So here's kind of he he's closing in on a transfer. This was from yesterday. Um. Or actually, it's from the articles from yesterday, but it's uh, from I think it's from a post game from yeah. uh, Jim Curtin. But from what we hear is that from Jonathan Tanawad that it's family considerations amid COVID nineteen 
that are factoring in travel restrictions have made visits and time together difficult to arrange. But he's also being linked to a Western Conference MLS team. How does that work? He's not with the club right now. They they said he's already played his last game for us. So uh, so my my thing is too is it's all weird to me. Um, I mean they they do have so many midfielders, but then like he's their best one. I think mm-hmm. like yeah, something's weird. It's I don't again, and I hate to do this with COVID and everything going on and how horrible that the situation is, and I don't know what it's like to be on the other side with my family. But here's another thing that I don't think many people put together. You can fly in, and I get that they're not at home, but I, you can fly into different countries and then get into the U.S. No problem. Um, from a lot of other countries. Like, you can find a way. It's just not, it's not fun to try to find the way in. Um, and I get that they're not in their home country. They're not. But, but then again, he's never in the home country anyway. He's in America. So I don't, there's something weird. Like, it's definitely strange to me. I don't, I don't understand. Like, I don't get his... He hasn't been himself recently this season. I just think it's a combination of many things. He probably yeah. doesn't want to be here anymore and whatever. I don't want a player here that doesn't want to be here. Right. So if that's the case, see you later. And you don't want to be that uh, franchise that holds people there like a, you know, like Galaxy have in the past or you know different places like that. Miami. Right. I, yeah, I don't want to I don't want to hold on to anybody that doesn't want to be here. If he wants to go fine, but I just think the excuse of you know it, it could be COVID related things. If he's also in talks with the Western conference team, mm-hmm. so if it, even if they're not in America, people are like, well, maybe it's a Canadian team. I feel like they're traveling they're even more strict. Yeah. 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 So I don't understand how yeah. that would work at all. The U S is probably the most open country and you can get here. Uh, I know that people um, for school and stuff have been staying on the islands because from Asia, you can't technically fly right into the United States. You have to go to one of the islands, quarantine in the islands, and then they can come up here. So it's really kind of weird for me. And especially if he's talking to other teams in the MLS or in Canada or Mexico or whoever he's talking to. Right. Uh, Toronto, uh, they drew 1-1 with Nashville. Omar Gonzalez scoring in the 20th minute. Castellano scoring in the 41st minute for Nashville. Nashville, just a little engine that could right now. You know, I'm so proud of them. They're in third Mm -hmm. place. They got 27 points. They're only one one behind Orlando. Uh, the battle for I think I think battle for first in the East is probably already done. Yeah, I think but so. I think uh, just unless if Revs really start faltering, but Nashville play the Revs. So if Nashville can steal the game from them, um, which you know that's going to be really tough to do, um, just because of how well Nashville's playing. Um, and I think the game, most of the games at, yeah, at Gillette. So. Yeah, if they could steal a game for, or then they would help Orlando. But like you said, I think it's a battle for two and three at this point. And the battle for two is going to be really fun if it's mm-hmm. between Orlando, Nashville, New York, and Philly. Like yes. that's a lot of fun. Yes, those teams are three points away from second place, uh, or you know, Union are within three. Union have mm-hmm. three points behind Orlando. Uh, NYCFC have two points behind Orlando. Nashville is one point behind Orlando. It's going to be a lot of fun as we go down the stretch here and try to figure out, as we talked about in all of our previews, everybody wants to be in the top four for the home games. Not everybody can be. How's it going to shake out? Everybody's trying to be with the Everybody's trying to be right now. 
That's what they're trying for, and we'll see how it goes. But yeah, should be a lot of fun. Uh, the that's it. That was all the games. So teams that you're looking at right now, like it's August, right? You've got one team left with Champions League. Um, but then after that, I mean, you're clearing the slate of international play for a little bit until uh, World Cup qualifying, which, you know, depending on the rosters, I'm not sure how many of these MLS guys will really be affected by at least the U.S. being in a qualification. Um, and two, like, so like August comes and you're looking at one of these teams to do something, which team, I mean, do you pick as a team that you think is playing really well and then a team that maybe is maybe concerning, maybe besides Philadelphia um, that you're looking at that's like, okay, that's a little concerning. Besides Philadelphia? Yeah. Red Bulls haven't had a lot of good run recently. So right. I'm still a little worried about them. If you're talking about in the playoff spot, who am I worried about? Yeah. There's probably, one glaring one. Probably, probably crew in Montreal. Yeah. If we're not looking big. at Philly. But yeah. really – I'm only worried about one of them because DC, I think, is the only team that can reach them. Mm-hmm. You're looking at Red Bulls, Toronto, Cincy, Atlanta, Chicago, Miami. Look, this might be the year where the East is not as open as it used to be. I remember Chicago getting a wooden spoon one year, okay? Mm-hmm. And they were still not mathematically eliminated until like two or three weeks before the end of the season, okay, from playoff contention. So – we're gonna we're gonna come up on that pretty fast because these bottom teams, Miami, Chicago, Atlanta, Cincinnati, maybe Toronto. I know they're even with them, but Toronto can probably still turn it around a bit mm-hmm. with the talent they have. And now that they got rid of Chris Armas, they've been steadily rising. Mm-hmm. That I think most of them are probably done. Uh, like I said, I, I like, and you know what? This is MLS, so you can't mathematically call them done until whenever they are mathematically done. But mm. I, I do think that there's probably only DC United that can claim one of those spots. And I'm thinking, you know, Philly crew and Montreal could drop. One of them is going to drop. Maybe. It's just interesting to look at it. it like it, it's totally different from other leagues, but I think you're right. I think it, I, I do. I think that there's going to be a lot of gridlock in one through eight, one through seven. Like we might even, you know, by the end of September, we might be looking at just people jockeying for positions in the playoffs. Um, really not even any movement in and out of the playoffs. Uh, if things keep going in the way that they're going, uh, especially in the East, I do feel like the East is a little bit more like that. Whereas I think the West has, I think the West has Portland that that'll kind of make a weird push. Um, yeah. That'll make it really difficult for teams. Um, and then, you know, Houston's just kind of hanging out there uh, that, that they could. I'm not sure the Red Bulls, I'm not really sold on, especially the last four games that they played um, and just kind of their issues that they've had because um, they go through like these weird hot hot and cold spells. Um, yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting just to see, you know, there's only one team being bothered by Champions League, but I'm not sure that'll last very long. Um, so it does, it looks like one through seven or just could be vying for position. All right. Uh, anything else we're looking at on standings here? Um, I, I think one thing we have to watch for is the Battle of the West. Mm-hmm. Because the top four is getting really tight up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, more so than the East, I think. Yeah. Because you have where any of these top four can take first place in the West, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting. Um, like Colorado could do it. Yep. They probably won't. 
but you know, Colorado is only uh, five points back. LA is only four points back. SKC mm-hmm. two points back, and Seattle at thirty-two points. And Seattle and KC both lost this weekend, so there's some ground being made up here. But uh, unfortunately, Kansas City couldn't capitalize on that, or else they'd be back top of the West again. Yeah, and you're right because Colorado's got 15 games. The Seattle has two games in hand over them. I mean, sorry, two games played over them. So Colorado has the two games in hand. That is interesting. I didn't. I didn't even notice that. It does look like. I mean, then it then it just comes down to ultimately who they play. But everybody's going to want that number one spot, and I think it's very easy to grab. Um, I guess if you're Seattle, are you concerned because you, you've dropped two and you've dropped three of your last five? Um, and you have a list of injuries that go on and on. It doesn't seem like a lot of them are, are nearing a return. So, but they probably have a big enough gap where they're in the playoffs. Like, uh, you yeah, know, yeah, I'm not no, too worried that, about that. Yeah. So like you at least get home, hopefully field. be able to get people healthy for them. Yeah. But concerning. That's going to be a fun shakeout top four in the East or sorry, top four in the West. And then, Kind of like that weird Two, three, section. Four in the east. Yeah, and the in the east, that's kind of like, what are we doing? <laughs> uh, yeah, and when we look at supporter shield, uh, you know, New England's four points up on that. You got to feel pretty good about that. I know it's not a big gap, but mm-hmm. revs are impressive. We would be remiss to not to talk about Atlanta United and their whiffing of coaches and hiring and and haven't won a game in like twelve months. But, you know, so they're linked to Gonzalo Pineda. Yeah, I saw who's that. Who's an assistant at Seattle. Mm-hmm. It's a good pick. It is. If they it's a good get pick. <laughs> As people keep pointing out, these these teams are – all the teams that are successful right now are people that have had experience in MLS or domestically. So that's going to help them. Plus, Pineda can speak Spanish, and you also have a lot of Spanish players and that flavor that they're trying to bring in at Atlanta. That could help him as well. Um, he knows the league, and he's part of a successful organization. I don't see why he wouldn't take this, honestly, because you're not getting the Seattle job. Smetzer's not going anywhere no. right now. Uh, so I think that would be very, you know, like it's almost like this feels like a move that would happen in any American league, right? Like not a lot of times do you see this in MLS because – you can bring in coaches from overseas and everything, but where you're like, oh, we want to interview your assistant coach and bring him on as our coach because you're a successful franchise. That's like what we what we do in these American domestic leagues all the time, right? So it's that'll just, be that'll be fun. Yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, you know, Atlanta's in a weird spot. Um, they're kind of at a crossroads. Uh, there's going to be a, Miles Robinson. Uh, we tweeted this when we were watching Gold Cup, which we'll get into. This will be a nice transition of just Atlanta United guys, to be honest. Um, Miles Robinson's going to be as good as gone. Uh, George Bella played the better game that he did, he had in a long time, uh, and I don't think he lasts very long if they're going to start hitting a reset and kind of like a retool. Um, you know, you got an aging goalkeeper like we talked about last episode. Uh, Joseph, who is you know going to be looking to win, and if he's not winning, he's not going to be happy, and that's not good for any coach that steps in like you, like you said to me in, in stoppage time where you said that any time that Joseph's been unhappy, it's been – every manager. So at some point his, he gets a little bit at the end uh, of his wits with, with some of the managers in Atlanta, but um, it's just interesting because we, 
we, we, we, we keep talking about it, but it's just like, I think because the fans expect so much of them and, and the league has grown to expect so much from them that it's kind of disappointing that they're in the spot that they're in. Yeah, so let's go ahead. Let's take a, let's take a break. We'll bring in no other pod. And then we'll uh, talk some Gold Cup. Hello and welcome back to the Stateside Soccer Show. We are back from our break and we are welcoming in our friends from No Other Pod. Uh, let's introduce Jimmy Mack first. How are you doing, Jimmy? I'm great. Thank you guys for having us. We're uh, happy to be here. Thanks for jumping back on to talk some SKC. And we have Coos here with us. Well, I don't know why Jimmy's speaking for me. I was—I mean, I'm also happy to be here, but he—he uh, he said it first. So now he's more important, apparently. I got to ask you guys. Last time we had you on, uh, just checking up on on sponsorships. How are you guys doing with sponsorships? Is—is is your bidet um, as bidet as it can be, or how, how are you guys doing over there on that side? <laughs> we, uh, you know. We're developing a little bit of a brand, I guess you can say, because we got we got Hello Tushy. Just go check it out, hellotushy.com slash no other if you want 10% off a Hello Tushy bidet. Or if you want to take care of the other side of your body, you can go to manscaped.com and go. use promo code no other pod for 20% off and free shipping. Take care of uh, Take care of your front half, too. I feel like oh, as yeah. a podcast, you really make it when you have Manscaped as <laughs> yeah. your uh, sponsor. It's like Manscaped, HelloFresh. Uh, th- those are the ones that you know that you made it the big time. Then. Yeah, I just assumed that that they uh, reach out to everyone. I was like, you sure you want <laughs> to do that with us? That's that's insane. <laughs> uh, very hygienic over there on the No Other Pod. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, hey, that's hygiene's important. Um. <laughs> So uh, thanks for coming on, guys. We're going to talk some Sporting Kansas City. We want to get uh, you guys on here to talk some your thoughts on their recent run of form here. I just want to show what we what positions we had them in on our preview. I had them fourth. Logan had them fifth, but they're they're all the way up to second. And uh, they beat uh, Sounders recently. Uh, they did just lose this past week, but. Uh, is it kind of what you guys expected so far on how the season's gone? Well, it's weird, right? See, now you guys get to realize you were a couple of dum-dums for <laughs> <Yeah>. doubting. <laughs> always, whenever we have people on. <laughs> <laughs> we're never right. That's the beauty of MLS. Right. We're always idiots. So, yep. uh, yeah. you know, we expected them to be competitive. I don't know if we expected them to be in the Shield conversation right now. Yeah, so, I, I definitely agree. I, I mean, if you were to go back and listen to our season preview episodes that we did, I think we sort of were aligned with you fourth, fifth in the West was kind of what mm-hmm. we were thinking, but you know, so much has happened since then, not the least of which is Daniel Shallowy remembered what it was like to be Daniel Shallowy <laughs> from 2018. And, uh, you know, cause 2019, he didn't score a goal all year. 2020, he played like 120 minutes, even though it was a shortened season. And now he's, you know, up there in, in some of the top goal scorers in the league. I don't remember where he is now, if he's third or fourth, but he's, he's in, I think he's still in the top five in the league in goal scored. Uh, he's he's way up there in assists in terms of SKC ranking. So he's really solidified that left wing position. And then there's been some other young kids that have really stepped up and added some depth where it was a little bit of a concern before. Yeah, I think when we, whenever we do these episodes, I always felt like people, especially because you guys were in the Western Conference and as we started mm-hmm. moving to the East, everybody was like, we're going to shoot for fourth or fifth. The only people that didn't really have that was like Columbus. They're like, oh, yeah, we're, we're, 
first is by far where we should be. Everybody else was kind of like fourth and fifth is where we need to be. But I feel like <laughs> I feel like everybody was just going safe now that I think back on, on the actual podcast itself. But just just kind of speaking to that, I mean, what's made you guys so successful as far as the table is concerned? I mean, is it attacking play? Is it defensive play? Um, for people that aren't watching uh, SKC make this run towards the supporter shield. Man, I think it's got to be uh, uh, one word, and that's just depth, really. I mean, because if someone is has a knock or they're on international duty, there's someone waiting to step up. Uh, Tim Milia was out the first few games. John Polskamp came in and did a reasonably decent job. Uh, uh, Polito went on international duty or got injured, and we had to switch our whole front three. So I just – I think there's depth. And we've been talking about these signings coming with uh, the transfer window closing this week. Uh, you know, what positions need to be addressed. And that was a tough conversation to have because everything's looking kind of good. Yeah. Defense has been, I would say, fine, not bad, not great. Uh, you know, it, it's been more consistent than it has been in years past. I mean, that was part of the problem last year with SKC is, I mean, the, the, the back four was just a constant rotation of, of new faces. And, and so this year, uh, Andre Ufantis has actually been sort of the, the one constant in the back line. That's sort of been the solid rock of, of that back four. Uh, and then it, whether it's been uh, Easy, who's a new addition, or, or even Ilya, who's dropped back and played center back next to uh, Andre Ufantis, they, they've been pretty solid. Um, Sporting Casey hasn't had a lot of clean sheets this year. And, and the other we'd be remiss to talk about sporting KC season so far without talking about that. There's something like 17 points they've earned from a trailing position this year, which mm-hmm. is insane and unsustainable, <laughs> but it, it speaks to that depth that Dan was talking about too. Yeah. And uh, you know, what I think is impressive too is um, like you just said, you had some players out on international duty, like Polito, um, uh, Buzio, right. Are um, they Polito's not back yet, right? Will they be back tomorrow, these players? Or? Uh, well, Polito's flying to L.A. to meet the team there. When when Peter Vermees was asked uh, on, on Tuesday about the status of Buzio, he's like, oh, he's he's in Kansas City in the building. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a nice way of saying he's, he's packing his stuff up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's playing Italy. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that whole Snapchat thing, the the whole charade that happened with with Busio when he was in the in the locker room, and I forget who it was that had the camera that was walking around just filming the guys, and they were talking about Italy and Busio was going, "Dude, you can't you can't say like what are you it doing?" It was Reggie yeah. Cannon. It was Reggie <laughs> yeah. Cannon because uh, like, Busio got him back and said that Reggie Cannon's going to Nice, or I think it was. Yeah, he's Something like, like Reggie bought a house in Dallas, and I'll I'll send you his address if you DM me. <laughs> It's just wild. They act like we don't already know. I mean, international right, reporters right. are also credible sources. I mm-hmm. mean, it's all it's all out there. And USA is just like, well, we we don't know anything. And the club is like, we oh, we haven't announced it. Okay, well, he's gone. We'll miss you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they said they were finalizing this on like July 18th, and here we are, almost a month later, and still no yeah. official news. <laughs> My guess is that it was everything's pretty much done and they're just waiting for, for the gold cup to end. So there was less distraction and I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow or, or the next day they announced that the official deals. I mean, I think it was even the Venezia technical director was quoted as being like, yeah, Buzio will be here soon. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> okay. And did you see how they arrive to this team, by the way, they like bring them in on these gondolas in yeah, the freaking yeah. Venice canal. That's and- awesome. Roll out the carpet, man. It's crazy. They have a great stadium, too. It's like right on the water over there. Pretty yeah. wild. Great stadium, great jerseys. It's good yeah, I have, a, I have a picture yeah. of the stadium. There it is, right there with boats. Oh, there everything. you go. Yeah. 
I'm pretty sure that the Venezia that, that their brand is almost like Gucci esque. It's like you can't just rip Gucci off. Like every time I look at it, I'm going, "Do you think it's Gucci?" And then they've got these models from Italy, the guys and the girls side. It's like, why? Or what are you? Yeah, it looks like they're modeling here? like high end clothes, but it's <laughs> right. a Venezia kit or whatever. Yeah, it's gonna look good yeah. with Busio on it. But kind of speaking to transfers, are, you know, there's some outgoing. Obviously, are there any? Is there any wind of somebody that's coming in? Um, I know Peter Mee said that there's a possibility that there could be some transfer movement. Yeah, we had one of our uh, our beat reporters say today that he heard there is at least one that's happening oh, this nice. week. Okay. Uh, nothing confirmed or anything, or mm-hmm. if it's international or not, but it. Uh, I think we'll definitely see at least something. Yeah, and I would hope that it's a – my wish list or at the top of my wish list is another center defensive midfielder because mm-hmm. Buzio had really, he, he naturally he's more of an attacking midfielder, mm-hmm. but this year he's really sort of fallen back and, and uh, taken a hold of that number six role for sporting KC and done really well there with the club. And so he's leaving uh, Ilya can step back into that number six role. Remy Walter is a, a, a new signing this year. He's a Frenchman who can play the six or the eight, but uh, really Walter Peter likes him more as an eight. Um, Roger Espinoza is still there, but he's old. He can't play all the minutes that he used to. So Remy Walter really has to stay there as an eight, which basically leaves Ilya as our lone number six. So I'd really like to see Sporting KC bring in another defensive midfielder or maybe even another number 10 because that was the other position Buzio could play was the number 10. So now we have basically one consistent attacking midfielder and one consistent defensive midfielder and then a few guys who can play the number eight, which is great, but we, we really need that attacking and defensive side. I was going to say, so that's a, uh, it's obviously a huge hole that, that has to be filled, but does the sporting Kansas city just feel I mean, can you feel it in the fans and kind of like the front office and stuff? Can you feel like that this is something that they know they can run with where they can take away the supporter shield uh, and, and get that number one spot heading into the playoffs? Yeah. yeah I, I, think, I think they know they're in the conversation. Yeah. Peter Vermees, if you ask him, you know, anytime you talk to him in a, in a press conference, He'll say our goal is always to win trophies. Our goal is always to win championships. So, but he uh, also his, says our goal is to focus on the next game. So it's like you're contradicting yourself, <laughs> like Bill man. Belichick kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, they're very confident in the team they've built. Um, they're going to get players like Alan Polito back, and uh, there's some schedule congestion coming up because SKC is also in the League's Cup, so they mm-hmm. got to play Lyon on on Tuesday next week. But if they can get through this run of like I think it's seven games in a 22 day span. Uh, they're right there with Seattle. They're even on points per game with Seattle, mm-hmm. and, and we all know Seattle sort of the class of the West. So uh, I think with a, the right move or two in this window, Sporting KC can challenge. We'll see. And really, they're only uh, three points behind New England if they win their game in hand as well. Yeah. Because uh, New England's been the surprise. I mean, I guess a lot of people expected them to be good, but uh, more like dark horse good, but they've been kind of like class of the East good. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, really weird to see that going on. Yeah, it's the <laughs> Bruce Arena effect, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, history repeats itself. Uh, so, what are your thoughts here on? Because I'm not, uh, I don't know too much about Tyler Freeman, but this news just came out earlier today that he is being loaned out to a Bundesliga two side, uh, Karlsruher uh, SC. Um, he's 18. He signed um, in the academy at 11 at 2018. I think he signed a contract at 15 and it seems like he's only really played for Kansas city too. So is this like an experience thing? Or are they trying to just move him at some point, flip him for some 
cash at some point. Exactly. I think it's more experience than anything. I was I was kind of on the Tyler Freeman hype train. Hopefully we'd see him uh, on the field a little bit because the mm-hmm. dude's quick. Uh, the dude has a knack for the open goal. But uh, I think sending him to Bundesliga 2 is – I think it's a great move because he's not going to see the field this year. It's just it's just a fact with Wilson Harris there and Kyrie Shelton and Polito uh, all playing that top spot there. But they did this to Daniel Shallowy a few years ago. They sent him to a Hungary team, and he came back stronger. They did. Uh, Kyrie Shelton went off and played in the Bundesliga and uh, came back a whole different man. So I think it's ultimately a good good move. Yeah, I'd be surprised if this turns into like a sale per se. Mm-hmm. I mean, you never know if he goes up and tears it up, and and then they're like, hey, we want to acquire him for. A lot of money whatever cost yeah. i mean peter's never been shy about saying there's a price on every player you just need to mm-hmm. make sure it's the right situation for both the player and the club and and you know what young player doesn't have that ambition you know to go play in europe and, and really test your talent so uh if, if for some reason things go real well and, and they're interested peter's always open for business but i i expect that this is a, a one-year loan move he'll come back and, and then next year can really push for some minutes with the senior team so getting the chance to catch Busio, did you guys get to see him much in uh, the U.S. men's team? And what are your kind of thoughts on that? Uh, you know, I think a lot of people were high on him because they know where he's going. They know the talent that's leaving and going to Europe. Um, but then some people are kind of like, okay, he's not quite figured it out yet enough to fit in that level. I just think he's small. I mean, in this CONCACAF region, they, they just really pushed him off the ball a little mm-hmm. too easily. You know, it, am I wrong, Jimmy? I mean, he's a, he he played well, but like not well enough, right? Yeah, I mean, if you were to only look at the Gold Cup as your sample size, you mm-hmm. wouldn't look at him and say he's a potentially mm-hmm. eleven million dollar player. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's potential there. Part of the problem is the system that Baralter was running is so different than the system mm-hmm. that Peter Vermees runs. When when he's in the system with Peter Vermees and he's playing as that lone number six, and he can really be the connection between the back line and the attack, uh, you know, he can pull the strings real well. He's fantastic on set pieces. You can look up some of his highlights this year mm-hmm. and see some of the wonder goals that he scored or some of the beautiful assists he has. He's fantastic on set pieces. Peter likens him to an Andrea Pirlo type player from the number six position, sort of pulling the strings, but also has that attacking mindset. Uh, I think... I agree. He's smaller. He's still only 19. He's got to put mm-hmm. some some weight on. Um, CONCACAF's a very physical mm-hmm. uh, league, if you will. And um, he also, he was playing aside Kellen Acosta a lot. And and I think he's not used to having somebody next to him where they're not the same players, but but they, they occupy the same spaces on the field. So I think it was just getting used to um, playing in, in more of a double pivot type situation and, and just, you know, not in his traditional system. I think a move uh, to a team like Venezia is a, is a really good one because I think I liken it to the move before the move. Mm-hmm. If you were to go to a team like Juventus or even AC Milan or whatnot, uh, I mean, it's kind of like what happened with Eric Palmer Brown where you go to Man City, it's the big name, it's prestigious, you never end up playing there, you're, mm-hmm. you're loaned out to a couple of different sides, and, and then you end up leaving. Uh, if he can go to a newly promoted club in the Serie A who's – consistently been promoted over the last four or five years and and help them you know they're not going to challenge for the league but if he can help them do decent and and be there for a couple of years it's kind of like what weston mckinney did at schalke and then mm-hmm. that's the move then to juventus where you've got some good international experience and, and you can really take it to the next level so that's my hope for him yeah you're you're talking the eric palmer brown's kind of like the matt miazga as well it's like the yeah. uh you know you sign it makes all the news for signing for like chelsea or man city but then they get 
part of the lone army and never actually play for their club at all. And right. You know, now Hoppy is linked to like Arsenal and Everton. And it's like, maybe, maybe go somewhere and then make that jump. It's the (laughs) kind of, the kind of thing. Um, Although uh, as an Everton fan, I do have to say Everton might be the move before. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yeah. They lost, uh, they lost Ancelotti. They might lose James and what a mess. Um, so how about Patrick Mahomes becoming a part owner of SKC? Uh, he's always shows up to games. I've seen him at a few games. You know, he's down there uh, living it up. Um, and now he's got that that new contract. So here he is, you know, I guess buying in. Uh, Russell Wilson did the same thing over in Seattle. But, like, how much legitimacy do you think that brings to maybe the Kansas City fans that did not uh, – know about sport in Kansas city as much, because I know this even made like ESPN news. Adam Schefter was talking about it. Like, you know, what's this do for SKC? This city just loves some Patrick Mahomes. Like it's insane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they showed him on the video board at the sporting game and the crowd went nuts. Uh, so I, I can only imagine that if there's a lot of, and I'm sure there are a ton of football fans that are not soccer fans, they might, you know, hey, if, if if my quarterback is good enough to, you know, it likes that sport enough to buy into it, maybe I should check it out. You know, uh, maybe they didn't know that the Chiefs owner also is part owner of FC Dallas. You know, that 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 club's in the family. So it's it's crazy, though, man. Everyone just Patrick Mahomes is like a, <laughs> he's a god here. It's insane. <laughs> Well, and it's cool because he's also a, a part owner of the Kansas City Royals. So now yes. he's sort of diversifying yep. his portfolio. And his, uh, his, his, fiance, his fiance, Brittany, is, is a, a part owner of KCNWSL. Yep. So they're really laying their roots down here in, in Kansas City. And something we talked about before on, on No Other Pod after Mahomes won MVP and, and the Super Bowl, and it, it seems a little out, out there. It's maybe a little bit of a stretch, but the one of the challenges SKC's always faced is especially with international recruitment is people just don't know what Kansas city is. Everyone's mm-hmm. heard of New York city. Everyone's heard of LA. Everyone's heard of Miami. Miami is a trash soccer team, but they keep getting linked with all these big name players. Cause it's Miami who doesn't want to live mm-hmm. in Miami. So it, it seems weird to think that like, okay, well now you have arguably the face of the biggest sport in the United States of America who is associated directly with sporting KC. Uh, you know, we know international soccer players or, or NFL fans because we see them showing up to the games. I've seen mm-hmm. Antoine Griezmann, you know, wearing uh, NFL jerseys, Paul Pogba, you know. So it almost now that you have an, in, you know, a, a, a worldwide name is directly linked with not just Kansas City, but sporting Kansas City. There's an argument to be made now that, OK, well, if that club's good enough for, for Patrick Mahomes and if Kansas City's good enough for Patrick Mahomes, maybe I give it a second look. Of course, it still faces the uphill challenges that it's not New York, it's not Chicago, L.A., Miami, yeah. or whatnot. But mm-hmm. it's more known now, and that's their, cool. Their their co-owner is a two-time Madden cover athlete. I mean, that's go. just that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he shows uh, up to games with with. Yeah. It's not just him, but he brings Tyreek, he brings Travis Kelsey, he brings lots of Chiefs to the game. So it's it's really cool for the for the team. Right. So they could be like, you know what? It may not be New York, but I can go hang out with Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> it's literally the first thing that Alan Polito did when he landed here in Kansas City is they took him. Was it the AFC championship game? I think that they took yeah. him to or it was a playoff game and it was snowy or whatnot. But they're Divisional like, oh, Kansas City, let's go to the Chiefs game. That's so. awesome. 
I was going to say I have Patrick on the jetway just waiting to, to grab up anybody that's coming into Kansas City. Like, come on, let me show you the town. Just yeah. get the ultimate celebrity treatment and don't tell them who it is. Just be like, this is just our, you know, this is this is the towel boy for the, the for the soccer club. So. <laughs> just imagine. But, yeah, I guess before we let you guys kind of uh, go, and, and can you guys just once again plug your stuff and then maybe what uh, SKC fans can look forward to coming up down the pipe from you guys? Yeah, so check us out. No other pod anywhere you can get podcasts. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter uh, or Instagram at No Other Pod. Um, I'm at JCMax03. Dan's at Dan Coozer. Uh, you know, we, we release our podcast every week on Wednesday mornings. So check us out uh, and, and subscribe. And uh, we're always trying to get player interviews, talk to people in and around the club. Uh, one of these days, we're going to get Peter Vermees on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's the dream. Uh, Dan, what else we got coming on? Man, I'm thinking, so you got to go out of town next week. So I'm going solo on the pod. And I'm thinking, <laughs> how mad are you going to be if I land Peter Vermees to come hang out with me? You know? Co-host. <laughs> That'd be wild. Uh, but no, man, not much to add. It's been a wild ride. We, Like you said, we do do it every week, uh, even through a pandemic where we had zero soccer to talk about and just <laughs> talked about what movies we were watching or games we were playing, you know? So yeah. It's been fun. I still, I still think the best stories again, and, and we brought it up in the previews. Just everybody, your your whole story with you thought you were dying, and then you pooped yourself or something, uh, <laughs> and then Jimmy, Jimmy just absolutely being uh, mauled at, at, at what, I think you were in the band at uh, USC. Yeah. Um, so just absolutely bonkers stories. But I, I also listened to, uh, I love the uh, Johnny Russell uh, whole thing, the interview, and and having yeah. him on that was fantastic. Just you guys talking to him and the pranks that, that was pulled and he was like, I can't really talk about some of the other ones, but, um, but no, we really like your stuff over there at no other pot. It, it's a lot of fun. And I have a lot of fun having you guys back on and oh, really appreciate your time. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, thank, thank you guys. guys. Yep. Uh, this is awesome. We, this second time we've been here and it's yeah. Uh, yeah. always a good time. And this platform you got going on is way cooler than anything we do. So <laughs> uh, Jimmy's our technical director. I'm we'll help them look into this. I'll take this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we are back from our break. We're going to transition to some Gold Cup talk as the U.S. men's national team are kings of CONCACAF twice over this summer. Dulce Ciro, uh, not just a scoreline anymore. It's also the count of trophies uh, for the USA against Mexico this summer. This was fun. This this felt uh, amazing. This was a great game, and I even said numerous times during this to myself, every time I took a bathroom break during this game yes. that I was like, I'm so proud of these guys, no yep. matter what happens we can lose, but I'm proud of them. And I was telling you, Hey, even mm -hmm. if we lose, I want to lose via penalties. <laughs> yeah. Once we got to extra time, I was like, it's the second half of extra time. I was like, I do not want to lose before penalties, mm -hmm. but we didn't have to worry about it. Miles Robinson comes up with a clutch header with Kellen Acosta's out of bounds, free kick. <laughs> Out of bounds free kick that he missed the goal, but luckily Mile Robinson was there to header it back into the net. Yeah, we are 2021 uh, World, World Cup. Cup champs. For people, I think that it was soccer World Cup champs. Yeah, soccer World Cup champs. Yeah. Excuse me. For people that don't know, there's this uh, video that was going around of the Sacramento uh, news reporter, sports reporter, who uh, was reading the highlights out, and he used Kellen Acosta was out of bounds. Mm -hmm. Kicking the ball. Don't know and, why he was doing that, but he was. Yeah, probably illegal, <laughs> I would think. And then you have 
him saying uh, that the USA are 2021 soccer world champs. Mm-hmm. So write it down, guys. We didn't even have to qualify or compete or really anything. It's kind of impressive. I'm, 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 I'm flabbergasted that we want to. This means more than the before 2020 World Cup. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> you know, Jordan, we were predicting that like 2032, if it or 2020, you know, 2020. Sorry, 2026 or 2020 or 2030 would be the year that I was really having a hard time mathing. But who would have thought it's 2021? That's the We year. want it before there was even a World Cup. <laughs> yeah, uh, kind of embarrassing of Sacramento there. But, uh, it, you know, what people try to say, it's like, oh, America's not ready still. This is a generational thing. You know, mm-hmm. that guy was not young, okay? Um, but, you know, whatever. Nobody corrected him. He did no. say Gold Cup going into it, and then, like, he just was like, Oh, it got worse as it World went. Cup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it got worse as it went on. Because at first I was like, okay, it kind of sounds normal. Like, what's he going to do? Is he going to, like, cuss or something? The, then it that, went off the rails. That thing has so much meme potential. Home of the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is so bizarre overall. Uh, look it up if you don't have that. I think we shared it. It uh, is. Yeah, it's a tweet that says, oh, no. So look that up on our thing. But Gold Cup champions Mm -hmm. kings of Concacaf. we kind of went into this summer thinking it'd be fun to get a trophy we're probably not going to win any of them and we ended up winning both of them how's that feel logan um it feels great because i've expected it um as if you could go back to our prediction shows uh before each of them i predicted that they would win the gold cup i also predicted (laughs) at least the episode before jordan was a lot less um convinced no, no, it, it it feels amazing. Um, it like it almost feels premature to say that we're the kings of Concacaf, but we like we're the kings of Concacaf. Uh, it, it's we are the favorites going into World Cup qualifying. That being said, I know that people are very uh, upset and scared to to want to believe because of the last time it hurt us all deeply um, to not qualify for the World Cup. But I think. This is different when you look in the in the in the, in the way that like Greg Berhalter seems to have his guys with his system with uh, and, and beating teams without his best players. Um, you're, you're talking about guys that are hurt, like a Tyler Adams. Uh, when you're talking about Nations League, uh, he's winning Gold Cup and trying to find uh, a basically third squad, half second squad, maybe if some of those guys are lucky enough. Um, he won Nations League trying to find a striker, and I'm not sure he ever did. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of things that have been working against Greg. Uh, these guys haven't been able to compete with each other as much as these other CONCACAF teams have. Um, you're still looking at a lot of guys that have not been able to play because of protocol. Um, so overall, just uh, you know, feelings about the summer. I'm ecstatic, and I'm really excited for September 2nd. How you feel? Yeah, yeah, it, it feels it feels good, right? I mean, it is. Yeah. Uh, look, I will say that I wasn't, as people know, I said we were not going to win it last episode. Mm-hmm. But I will say, I woke up on Sunday, and somebody shared a a, a a poll on Twitter that said, "Who wins the gold cup?" And instinct kicked in, and I just clicked USA, and I said, "Let's go," right? And then I was confident the rest of the day. 
I was going to say you felt you felt different when I was talking to you before the match. Like you felt more confident in the way that you were talking to me about the U.S. Like I feel like you really wanted to give us the no, absolutely. This is Mexico's first team, pretty much, except like one guy, and and there's no chance. And you had me almost convinced. Like I told my brother, who's a, a betting person, that Mexico was going to win. <laughs> Sorry. So naturally, uh, he, he uh, yeah, he wasn't too happy. But. Look, they had seven or eight of their starting 11 from the yeah. nation's league final. We had one mm-hmm. legit. Yeah. Right. Um, and that stats legit. Yeah. Jeez. Um, so, th- so that's, that's an issue, right? You're like, yeah. Oh man, how are we going to do this? I missed the first half because uh, my wife was stranded at a gas station. So I had to go help her with that. Uh, and literally she like texted me like to come get her like, Right as I'm settling, the anthems are going on, and I'm like, oh, this is nice to be watching this game. And it kind of ruined my flow of the game. I'm, like, trying to listen to it as I'm driving because Mm -hmm. I, like, put it on the Fox app. But then, like, then it said, like, I had to – my preview was done. I had to re-authenticate with my cable. And then it said, you don't get this channel with your cable. And I said, yes, I do. And uh, so – then I couldn't listen to it on the way back after we fixed the thing. Mm. Um, so I'm like just driving, like I have no idea what's going on. And I'm listening to some <clears throat> national syndicated show on CBS sports radio, my local sports talk. Mm-hmm. And they're like giving an update. They're like first half. And it is nil nil still for Mexico, USA. I'm like, okay, we're doing okay. And I get texts from you guys, you and my dad that are like, Oh, we just had a chance. Oh, we should have scored that. And I'm like, okay, I'm feeling pretty good. I get in there, I sit down to finally watch it. It's like the 38th minute, and we are like just pressing so well. And I, uh, that's when I, one of the times in the, I think the first half or the second half, I text you and I said, "Let's win this. We're winning yep. this." I, th- I think I said, "So we're winning yep. this game." You said we're winning it. Yeah. And it just felt like it was coming, and uh, I was nervous about the prospect of penalties. Cause I know people are like, do we put DK in? No, I don't, mm-hmm. I go no there. I don't think he's ever had to f- take a penalty that meant that much. If at all a professional penalty. Yeah, no. And it would have been, no, I would rather keep Sardes or Hoppy or whoever's out there at that point to take it because they've been playing the game. It's not good to bring somebody in cold to take a penalty. We saw that with the euros. Mm-hmm with England. Uh, but it felt good. Like it, it just felt uh, unbelievable. I was, you know, I took off my Jersey. I was swinging around my head. Uh, the rest of the night, I had a tough time going to sleep Sunday night. <laughs> now, were you shirtless like Pulisic and, uh, miles Robinson? Yes. And your abs look that good. Uh, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It did. Um, in my imagination. But yeah. uh yeah. Jordan is ripped. You, you don't normally see You like, don't see it. Yeah, you don't see the bottom down, but just just know that he's an Adonis. Washboard abs. <laughs> uh so I uh it was because I, I was technically changing into my night clothes and That's... I was like I was like taking off the jersey and I was like, let's go. And my dog's what? staring at me like, what are you doing? That's uh, a good point. I said, We won. Yeah. We won. And it felt good. I was watching the post game. Alexi Lalas was crying. I wanted to cry. I didn't cry, uh, but I was like, "Man, just mm-hmm. I love the passion from everybody." Stu Holden was like laying on the desk screaming. It was like just awesome. And I know 
Mexican fans are trying to now play this off as if they didn't, this cup means nothing. And that, Oh, we were in the Olympics. And then like the next day later, they got knocked out of that. Um, So for them, it's been kind of a rough summer. I, I still can't really shame them all that much because they made those two finals and they also made the Olympics, which we didn't. So we can't really mm-hmm. talk that much crap about it, but just and fun. They, they did so without looking good. Like I will say Mexico hasn't looked good. Now you can take that for what it is, or, you know, you, you know, you could point at some things, I guess. Um, but they, they really haven't looked like Tata might be um, Tata instead of Tata. But um, <laughs> I, you know, it, I think there might be a change of guard. Uh, they're not going to take beaten um, by the U.S. twice in a row um, very kindly in Mexico. Um, and not to mention there was – and this is the worst part for me. There, there's 90% Mexican fans in Allegiant Stadium. We had like this little section of yeah. American fans. It was embarrassing. Um, I do think if it was in like Mile High or somebody like that, a stadium that's not known to have a lot of the Mexican nationals – uh, fans there I, I think if you look at a city that you know in the northeast or something i don't know like, what was the turnout nations league because we played nations league was there. better it was better than it was better than what it was at allegiant okay. allegiant was brutal um allegiant and allegiance uh, if those that are listening that don't know where allegiant stadium is um it's in uh los angeles los, angeles, las, vegas. las vegas yep so heavily traveled home of, of the raiders yeah raiders um but again uh, they probably saw more scoring in the Gold Cup than they did uh, for their football team. But, um, yeah, it's 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 sad because it's like – but then they're like, okay, what city do you want to play in if there's a lot of Americans? I'm like, I don't know, Seattle? <laughs> right, right, right. I guess I, Seattle would be my choice. If, and if the were... thing is, too, they, when they were putting this together, CONCACAF had limited options because mm-hmm. of – the COVID, COVID restrictions. Yeah. So it's literally just Texas and Florida, I think, yeah. that had all the games. Yep. And then Las Vegas with the final. Yep. But anywhere out West, California, Texas, Arizona, you're going to have a lot of the Mexican national fans um, just because that's where they reside. Uh, it's a lot of more heavier. It's heavier Mexican population there than it is, say, like the Midwest. Um, I don't know many people of any nationality that, that looks at Indiana and goes, yeah, all right, we're moving there. Right. But uh, anything else that really sticks out to you about this game? Because it was... Yeah, um, Matt Turner. Uh, yeah. Jordan and I had a long discussion with Greg uh, Johnston from uh, Revolution Recap. And and I get it. Revs fans are completely convinced he's number one. Um, and the more he plays, Jordan and I are convinced that uh, he should at least give Zach Steffen um, a run for his money. And I don't really know how it'll work. Maybe maybe Zach gets some of the more important games in world cup qualifying. Uh, maybe cause city keeps him uh, and he's hurt or something. I don't know. Like if, if Matt Turner can get a couple of games of world cup qualifying um, that would help his stock. I don't know if he'll get that just because I don't know how much Greg would be willing to kind of change the guard against teams. It can kind of throw the team off a little bit. Um, but if Matt can get a few games and stand on his head again, he really should and will start pushing Zach Steffen. I'd agree to that. Uh, you know, I've kind of been on that wagon, I think, a little bit more than, yeah, you than have. some. Um, Even me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, if you know, like, yeah, I, I think he's been um, 
I, I think he's been really good. I'm, I'm excited to see where he goes uh, from here. Um, I, you know, I think the fact that he's starting for a major team like the Revs, mm-hmm. all that you know, um, right now is is great for him. Unlike Stefan, who's who's a backup at City right now, mm-hmm. and uh, we have yet to see what Horvath is going to do. And now that Achoa is no longer in the picture, I mean, why not, right? Okay, so a couple a couple names I'm going to throw out here, and you just kind of react to them. Uh, Kellen Acosta, really good, right? Yeah, he played really well. He got uh, people raved on Twitter about his performance. Probably the best we've ever seen Kellen Acosta. Um, if he played like that during World or uh, Olympic qualifying, we might have had an issue where we were playing Olympic qualifying too. Um, yeah, but he just didn't. He actually looked better than Eric Williamson and Sebastian Lejet. Yeah, uh, those two actually really struggled. Eric struggled in the way that he just kept getting absolutely hammered in the head. If you didn't miss the the yellow card um, where one of the Mexican midfielders went totally cleat to head uh, with Eric Williamson. Uh, and then like minutes before that, he got bashed in the face with the ball. And then the next one, he bumped heads with somebody. The poor guy needed a helmet at the end of the game. But um, Eric Williamson was a lot better than Sebastian. Sebastian actually probably played one of his worst games that he's played in a long time. Just didn't push the ball. Um, you know, not, not, you know, you really need that midfielder to start to create. Um, how about Matthew Hoppy, Jordan? Love him. Love do him. You, he, played, he played well. Do you have a destination where you would want him? Because I know you're, you're much more into this than I am. Um, and I totally agree with you. I just don't know, like, level wise, because you've watched more soccer, obviously, in European soccer than I have. Where, where, where do you put him? Where would you like to see his next step being made out of Schalke? I wouldn't mind him staying in Germany if he was going to go to a more mid-level team. You know, mm-hmm. like a move from like which was bottom level to now tier two to like a mid-level Germany mm-hmm. would be good. I do think if he was going to go to like Everton, Spurs, or Arsenal, it's a little too much of a jump. Not that he can't do it because, you know, like we saw McKenney move from Schalke to Juve and he's done fine. But I just worry about like the perception of when people are like, oh, he's an American, we're never going to play him type of thing. Um, especially because he's not like, you know, Pulisic had some problems breaking into Chelsea at times, and he was like a big name mm-hmm. American. While Hoppy really just burst onto the scene, I think he's got to get some more um, professional minutes under his belt before he moves to a club like that. And if you didn't see it, like reports were that he was on his way out as Schalke tries to recover from a bunch of the debt that they took on being demoted and just because of COVID. Um, so they're looking to sell a ton of their players. How about RB Leipzig? <laughs> I was like looking at their squad just now. I'm like, that'd be great. If he could go and play with yeah. all the other Americans over there and just like we, Jordan and I really want RB Leipzig just to turn into like the, the United States German team. Um, but yeah, and then I guess one last name. And we kind of alluded to him before, uh, Miles Robinson. And do you think he finishes? Uh, do you think he finishes the season with Atlanta? I think he does. I think he finishes the season with Atlanta, but I think he'll be gone next year. They were just talking about like scouts that I forget who it was that just posted this. Mm-hmm. That there was scouts uh, that they talked about Miles Robinson. They said that it doesn't look like like he would need to. They, they would want to see him consistently play against better competition. And that is um, – and that he doesn't really have much more to prove in the MLS. So 
I think he might finish out the season and then try to get out of there so that way he can go overseas, uh, maybe to Venezia, <laughs> and show his stuff over there. So we got good. We, I mean, we got good young center backs. We got Mark McKenzie. We got Miles Robinson. I feel like that 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 center back core is just unbelievable. And yeah, no better no better person to learn from than than JB. Uh, I think Anthony Brooks is is a is a wily veteran that uh, you know he's got experience from the last the, the past World Cup team. So it's it's something that they need. But I think those two are going to take over eventually, and they'll just take the helm from him because I think those two are just. So solid. I mean, the, the, between Mark McKenzie uh, and Miles Robinson, the way that they played, I just think that they, along with maybe like a Chris Richards or somebody, um, and because you know, I, I think they've talked about Chris playing all sorts of different positions for them. So, who knows? A lot of a lot of good options in the defense now that we didn't know we had, like a Shaq Moore. Yeah, yeah, he was good to come in and mm-hmm. use his legs. You know, um, are we good to talk about other things? Yeah, let's do it. Real quick, just uh, the schedules of the games that are coming out on August 4th. Uh, we, they have the Revs versus Nashville. That is at 7 o'clock at Gillette. 7.30 versus DC United is Columbus Crew at uh, Lower.com Field or New Crew Stadium. Uh, Montreal versus Atlanta United at 7.30. That's in Montreal. Um, then you have Philadelphia Union versus Toronto at Subaru Park. Eight o'clock, you have Chicago versus NYCFC at Soldier Field. New York Red Bulls versus Cincinnati at eight o'clock at Red Bull Arena. Orlando versus Inner Miami at Exploria Stadium. Then you have Austin at nine o'clock versus Houston at Q2 Stadium. Seattle versus Dallas at 10 o'clock. LA Galaxy versus Salt Lake at 10.30. LAFC versus K, uh, SKC at 10.30, and Portland versus San Jose at 10.30. And all of those are on ESPN Plus or your local station if you're in one of those markets. Then we have some games on Saturday and Sunday. I'm not going to read all of those because we'll either talk about them on Saturday or we will talk about them on Tuesday. Just don't let me forget. It's a lot of them. It's a lot of them, yeah. Yeah, so uh, thanks to, uh, you know, Jimmy and Dan for jumping on with us from No Other Pod. Go check them out if you haven't listened to them before. They're lots of fun. Uh, And uh, anything else, Logan? No, I think uh, just check out our Stoppage Time uh, soccer show. It's coming back. It's coming back to life uh, from its long summer break that we had for for the Premier League. If you want to join our Fantasy League, we still have time. We're doing a draft on Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, um, and it's a uh, very Americanized uh, Premier League fantasy draft, so join us for that, and uh, we need a couple more teams. So um, I'll tweet out a link and stuff again in case anybody wants that uh, and is listening and wants to get in on that or just DM us um, over on Twitter. And stay tuned for another announcement at a later point to follow us there. Uh, so just, just keep an eye on all of our socials. Um, but you can follow us on Twitter at Stateside Show, Instagram at Stateside Show, Facebook.com slash Stateside Show, or email us statesideshow at gmail.com. Uh, the link tree is in the show notes if you want to just click that instead of remembering what I just said. And we will catch you all next time. Tomorrow,
throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on! Come on! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. men's national team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.